Four, three, two. Hi, I'm Faith Mystic, and you're tuned in to Denaya Azure Radio. I love how you said that. So sweet and sultry. Hello, Faith. How are you? Hello, beautiful. I'm amazing. How are you feeling, Denaya? I am phenomenal. So this is the incredible Faith Mystic. I met her because she was the very first artist that we featured for our Conscious Saves for Hope from Maui. Shout out to my girl Liliana for introducing her. She's been such a blessing. She's made so many connections for us, introduced us to more artists. She's come on several different times and graced our platform. So Miss Faith, how did you originally get into music? I came in singing, so it's an interesting thing. You see, I was held back in preschool because I didn't, um, I'll move my mic, I'll turn it off, hold on. This instrument's around my feet. Um, so I was held back in preschool because I sang instead of spoke. I didn't, uh, I remember not trusting anybody. I remember feeling like if I sang to them, then they could hear me. Because when I spoke to them, I didn't project my voice. So later on, I learned how to communicate and speak but it was hard to speak then i i came in singing and um i was i was taught by professionals in the industry from gospel music how to sing sing with the music that is real music my father was a singer my sister manages rose royce her husband's kenny copeland um, so I, I was raised in the music industry. I've always, I was singing, I used to record down the street from Tupac's house when I was like third, 12. My mom had me out there. I was rapping and singing already, working with music producers. My first, um, album I had put out was when I was 12 years old and I was doing modeling, um, acting, singing and performing and plays and I just I pretty much did everything I was always at some summer camp or doing getting out of school to do an audition or doing radio shows just a lot of different types of things so they really like pushed me into that at an early age um, I began singing solos in church and prophesying and preaching through music at the age of four so I would lay hands on, on folks in the congregation because it was uh, the place was called Trinity Church. It was in Oakland, and it was Pentecostal. So I would lay hands on the adults. They were, they looked huge. They, I know some of them were like six feet tall, and I didn't know anything about weight. I didn't know about what I could and couldn't do in that spectrum of idealization of what is a limitation. So I would lay hands on them, and then I would sing over them, and then they would faint, and I would hold them. They didn't fall. I would literally hold them. And then they would lay there gently on the floor. I do that now also, but I did it there in the temple as a child when I was four. And so they let me preach, but I didn't speak. Remember, I sang instead of spoke. So music has always been part of who I am. I teach the sacredness of music and frequencies. I'm a music producer also, but I work with music producers since I'm so busy doing a lot of things. <laughs> right now. So it, it's interesting. My music brings you to a whole nother realm is what it's like. Uh, they see it similar to ayahuasca or some sort of a psychedelic journey. If you just lay inside of a room with me and I sing over you, there's visions that are seen. There's things that are felt and everybody leaves different than they came in. And there it's always an improvement. She's right. You know, I've heard her sing several different times and there's just a different kind of energy 
that she has with her voice. I mean, like she's literally like a real life siren now, like in terms of the vocal piece. She's I nice to people her. though, not, not the bad part. She's a really, she's really, really sweet. I'm vegan. <laughs> I don't like any other energy. I'm like, I'm a purist. So I'm like, ooh, like I'm, I think celibacy is important unless you have somebody who you're supposed to be with. And I'm so, I'm a purist. I am when it comes to energy. If you want to hug me, you better have, you better not try and pour your energy into me if you want to hug mm. People who try to hug me and they're trying to pour that into me, I'm like, whoa, whoa, I already got enough energy in me. And there are vampires who come around and I have to be really careful. That's why I wear so much um, because it keeps me locked in and protected from them who be succubus in. Some of that, you know, they can't, they can't mess with me now. So it's really protected me from that, you know, with my, with my flame, with my light, with my purpose. So I can really focus on who I'm helping when I'm helping them and then help myself too. Because I can't, I cannot go through getting drained by others when I, when I gotta be, you know, I'm a parent too. It's so selfish of them. So I think everybody needs to learn how to protect themselves from those types of things. Absolutely. I'm more an angel. Like, I think I vibrate more with heaven. Like, I realized I came in in multiple incarnations as multiple species, and that's why I'm so well integrated in my blood types and my bloodlines are very expanded because it's not about a limitation of um, specific breeds it's, or specific um, beliefs. It's more so about this whole soul experience to really acknowledge each other and find the most beautiful parts so that we can get along and acknowledge each other. I'm thankful I'm vegan, you know, to be honest. After I found out what they do to those animals, I'm like, oh, I'm glad I'm vegan, you know. Absolutely. So I know that you do so much more than music and you have a product line as well. So can you talk a little bit about that and how you got into all that? Thank you. That's so beautiful. Uh, I want to go grab one of my pamphlets really fast and like show it to you. So if you if you look up heaven, so it's H-E-A-V-E-N-S, heavens, cure, C-U-R-E-S dot org. I began early on as a child. I would go gather dandelions. I'd eat them. I would eat roses. I just... I just naturally knew we have a full garden. It's like always important for us to have gardens near us. And I'm one who taught my children how to gather. So I started early on gathering the herbs, the that which grows naturally. And back then they didn't have internet. We didn't have the books on it either. Um, but my, my brother, my um, half-brother, Eugene Sr. now, because my father's transformed. He's over in the South. And Eugene said that our grandma, who's very, very, I think she's Mayan, um, part of the India from like India, India, and then um, French. And uh, I think that it's either Kenyan or um, one of the, or not, is it, no, it's Congo. I think my father is a Congo, actually, sorry, um, from his dad. But there's like, you know, there's so much that happened there in the deep south. And my grandma studied the herbs. 
and the plant medicine remedies solutions and did not teach me about them. Maybe just from being around her in the summers and having her tinctures and elixirs that I was able to see that and comprehend that and digest that. But during the depression, our family survived because we are also, we work with the plants. My father told me stories of it. You know, it's, I believe it has to do with our lineages and my mom's side too. My grandma also very strong, very healthy, didn't believe in age either. It's, it's part of our genealogy. We, my family, my kinfolk have been in the newspapers for longevity because we're very much naturopath, um, holistic healers in our bloodlines and it, it naturally comes to us. That's what's up. I love it. You know, and I think it's, it's so important to learn about plants and how they can heal and to learn about plants at a very young age is, is, is a blessing. Um, I'm glad that more kids are able to learn about gardening and, you know. When I got married, my husband, I did have flying ointments, um, tinctures. So I specialize in cures. I've been able to remove the toxins from those who had the um, war and they ingested the agent yellow or chemical yellow and the chemical orange. And there are different gases that were shot out during different moments. Vietnam was different than the one from W2. I was able to heal my father from the one from W2. Um, my father was a sergeant. He went there to uh, avoid getting arrested at 16 and he was tired of his mom and he was able to get in. And my father was, you know, very top of the line. He was the first of African descent to be in an all-white um, platoon as a 81st Airborne. And the other ones in his unit died because they put them on the front line. My father was also the first who's African descent to be a boss of Caucasians in America. That's my dad. During the 1960s open riots, um, my father spoke on podiums and gave jobs to those who are from other countries, who are other skin colors, even from the countries that they were born in America, who, who deserve to be in a management position. My father gave them those opportunities. So I come from a very strong line of um, focus, but I had to heal him. I had to heal some veteran from Vietnam um, from their lung diseases, and it succeeded. And then I created different products that take away cancer, tumor, um, take away asthma, restore hearing and eyesight, as well as takes away aging, um, regrows the cells structure enough to make a vein. So if somebody dropped a droplet of blood, um, some of my products could create a vein around them. So my products have been used to treat leprosy as well. Um, I do customized products. I also do spiritual alchemized. I'm an organic chef too with what I make with the herbs. So those who come to get treated um, at the retreats, they come for treatment, literal treatment, because whatever they're going through physically, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually, you can see it all as the all-seeing eyes I am. And I can see everything that they need. So this is how I create my products. I do customize them for everybody, even if it's the same exact ingredients. I will communicate with them that I acknowledge that they need what I'm creating and then I will do exactly what's necessary to make sure that it's going to help them. And that's not the greatest business plan for some beings because I decide I'd rather cure them 
then have them keep coming back for more, like 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 a little rat in a freaking cage, you know? Mm-hmm. You have a puff or something, that, well, let me go get some more until it makes you feel better. No, you gotta do it to make it work. And then they use it for other things because they realize it has multiple purposes, just like Tiger Balm has multiple purposes. So do the things that I create. You know, they can be edible, everything's edible, even the candles are edible. Please don't eat the candles. But yes, even they are edible. They're for spiritual purposes. So, you know, but I, I guess, you know, if somebody's really going through it thick, they could they could for sure just use it as a healing balm. You know, just add extra oil and then voila. There's a salve that's beeswax. So it eventually turns into a salve if you add enough oil. You know, but I love teaching. Yeah. I love it. And singer, songwriter, and owner of Heaven's Cure, Faith Mystic is my guest here on Denia Azure Radio. So what are one of the obstacles that you've had to overcome in the music industry? Oh, gosh. Since I was... Do you remember Party Line? Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, the Party Line. Go ahead. I was probably like 16 and I was paying my neighbor $30. No, no, I I just had to dress sexy to get my neighbor to drive me to the Greyhound station. And I had $30 to get on the Greyhound and go go meet the music producer that I met on Party Line who offered me an opportunity to become famous. I already know how this book goes. And so, yeah, I, I was surprised. And when I look back at it, I'm like, you know, I, now I know why he used to drive me to the Greyhound because I used to dress just like different at 16. I just got out of private school where I had to wear skirts to here. Otherwise, right. they made you go home. So I was kind of just trying to be free and break free from them. I wasn't thinking about it because I was like, well, that's in style. That's normal. That's okay. I didn't think about the fact that it was risky. So I go there. The guy's like, yeah, you got to do that at an interview. And I was like, nope. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be one of those girls. So well, you better walk back to the station. I'm like, I will walk back to the station. He's riding his bike beside me. Like, you sure you don't want to take that? I was like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm okay. No, thank you. <laughs> you know, and then I call my mom. Mom, I'm stranded at the Greyhound station. I need, a, I need some money so I can get home. And one day she said no. So I stopped running away because I had to get somebody who I broke up with after that he came to pick me up and I broke up with him on the way home because he was like what's wrong with you you can't just take a greyhound all the way to LA to become a singer what's wrong with you I'm like look I would like to be successful in this industry and I heard that out there is where I need to go nothing's wrong with me I didn't do anything bad and did anything wrong that's why I had to call to get help so just chill out take me home goodbye Thank you. It's like fifteen dollars. And some of the things my parents paid for was fuel or something. But yeah, I started then um, acknowledging that there was sexual things going on. And then recently, I had to let go of an agent who was a celebrity agent, mm-hmm. worked with legends. I'm gonna I'm gonna put those quotations because I got you. Cool. Yeah. And I was forced to watch all kinds of different movies, the little scenes that it was in. It's, it's like, it's cool to be, I'm, I'm also in films, but I don't sit there and put people through the energy of fast forwarding to the part where my scene is and be like, 
I don't even tell anybody about the things that I've been in. You know why? Because it was a background part in some of those films and I didn't need to talk about it. Right. It wasn't like a thing to, it wasn't like a thing to talk about in that sense. And I acknowledged who that being was. The role wasn't like background, background. It was like, it's paid like $3,000 for a movie. And that's like a chunk, right? That's money. Right. Um, and you, and it was respectable. The late, the people that he does manage are beautiful souls. They really are. Um, but they have to deal with that guy. And, and, um, Saba actually said, if you want to work with me, you got to let that guy go. Cause it's disrespectful to everybody. Even the lady he called, who's a really, who is a legend in the industry who woke up at like two 30 AM to have to deal with that. And it was just. I realized the sexism in it because he used to tell me, he's like, just so you know, you may think you're something, but you're not a legend. Now you're a legend because you're working with my legends. You want to be a legend? You got to work with my legends. Otherwise, you're nothing. Oh, you think you're something. You, you think you got that? They only want to have sex with you. But he was actually speaking about himself because I was like, well, look at all these women who are working with me, who are married, who are straight who don't just want to have sex with me. What about right. that? What about the fact that I don't need a vocal, a vocal teacher or trainer? He told them too, because they're like, does she need a teacher? He's like, no. Sounded extremely humiliated because he acknowledges that they could teach me nothing. And I was happy to let it go because I do not like to get sexually harassed. Whenever it was on the phone with me, it'd be like, just like waving his tongue at me. That's that's sexual harassment. Yeah. And it's it's a lot to go through in the industry. Um, but I did not slap that on him. I did not sue him. I did not make a complaint against him. I let him go. Snip, cut the cord, let it be. And we don't have to go dig up each other's dirt in that sense. There's a whole spectrum. I was told by a lady who was on Soul Train, she said, Girlfriend, don't you realize your place in this industry? I said, what do you mean? She said, you just got to sit there and look pretty and say yes to anything they say. It doesn't matter how, how degrading it is. You just got to sit there, smile, and say, okay. Because eventually you'll own TV shows like me and car dealerships. And I'm looking at her like... Okay, wait, push pause. So... <laughs> I don't know why people think that this is okay. I don't know why people think oh, that women are just to be, you know, seen and not heard. Still, in 2023. It's the old really, school. It's the old school. It's not, it's not the newer cats. The newer cats are more honorable. It's not the newer ones. Who it is, is the ones who are there from the 60s, who, who, um, the ones from the, who got enough money in the 80s to connect to them and then in the 90s pulled it up and got some like awards in the in the early 2000s it's those ones who who had to climb up the ladder and they felt like they didn't have anything and then they finally had something and it took them so much that they want to put others through that because they think that that's okay it has to do with the psychological deterioration because they were not giving it to them the way that some are now, because now there's so much more focus and structure and concentration because not everybody's out there wilding out right. like back then. 
And it's interesting because, I mean, I think we, you know, now it was more hidden what they were doing. Now it's more open mm. because people are talking about it, right? There's because a lot more cameras. <laughs> that part. There's more cameras. Um, the one thing that I will say that I, that I wish we would stop because, ladies, really? Like, I need people to understand that when you post online, that is your digital footprint. So why are you putting everything out there? Because in like 10, 20 years, you're going to regret that because you're going to have children and they're going to find that and they're going to wonder why was mom's XYZ all over every platform? Uh, Yeah, that part. I'm a model (laughs) (laughs) and I have children and and there, you know, if anything, it teaches us to, um, I think it teaches us to love ourselves because for the longest in the past until like two years ago, I felt really uncomfortable with my body. And then I, I became less conscious about what others are thinking about me. And I stopped looking at myself like that. I stopped even looking in the mirror mm. so that it didn't affect me. <clears throat> but I'm not gonna lie, I do, um, edit my videos, my photos. <laughs> I do. Because I not am. that she needs to, because when y'all see this, you're not seeing this right now because it's on because it's a radio. But when you see this, she's gorgeous. So she doesn't need to edit like that. But go ahead. No, I, th- I feel like each of us have parts of us that we want to edit. And I think that helps us improve who we are as beings. Um, I acknowledge that we each also have physical things that we're working through. So finding ways to just make our bodies feel comfortable our ways to strengthen it. And I noticed that when I stopped caring and I just started to to embrace the feeling that if maybe my back was starting to ache, then I would just start doing like exercises to strengthen my, my wings and move around that energy so it's not just built up. Because that built up causes us to walk different if we're not conscious of what hurts and why does it hurt and where does it feel at. Um, so it made me more conscious, you know, um, psychologically about my body in my health more than my body and my my perspective of it and thank you you are also very beautiful and i'm so glad you're on video thank you <laughs> some days you're like just a voice and, and then hope for mouth yeah typically don't be just a voice where are you definitely definitely what is the one thing that you wish to accomplish with your music to save as many souls, hearts, and vessels as possible to create that, the integration of what could be seen as heaven on earth. Green planet, blue waters, no plastic, creatures that disintegrated, which is true. We have the fungus, we have also worms, um, other types of creatures have been able to successfully uh, eat away at the plastic and and dissolve. You're good, you're back. Without a negative side effect. And I believe that there's a possibility of healing that can happen. Yeah, through everything that I um, intentionally create, through the songs, through the words, through who's present. Like even during concerts, I might change the frequency based on who's present. 
because I can harmonize and I, and it's like a playground. Music is like a playground of sound for me. I could see what notes can, can create certain consciousness awakening inside the, the brain and inside the heart. And I acknowledge the sounds and the frequencies that take away pain as well and adjust the frequency within beings to, and also heal and transform the home or help loved ones cross over. Like, it just depends. Sometimes I open up that bridge of communication with the other side um, because I do that. That's something that is, we're supposed to do as beings who are capable of it, to help bridge that and connect the communicators, like the ancestors, the guides, the guardians, the archon, um, to come through with messages through the frequencies and the sounds. And after it resonates a vibration inside the heart space because of that feeling of not being alone. And the, the loved ones on the other side also feel that connection of acknowledgement of being. So it's such a healing, expansional experience. I find it as a, a plethora of options to safe creation, even Earth, all creation. Like in concerts in the sunrise, I'll sing to the birds and they'll sing with me. I have like a whole choir of birds that come forward and it's really interesting, you know. It's always it's always an experience. I love it. So when everything is said and done, what do you want your legacy to be? When you asked, I saw in giant letters, love, which is hope. Hope is a heavenly love. Hope is one that is beyond measure, beyond comparison, beyond judging. It's one that has to do with the beginning of the essence of life, the core of creation, which is the light within the soul. And that, dear loved one, is the key to erase the illusion of segregations, of limitations of differences, to integrate the consciousness of soul, and that each soul glows light, and each soul is ohana, is once connected all of the souls as a sea of souls, one, and then bursts of life expanded, created. So that reuniting of one tribe that is successful in all of the locations that I create to do this are sustainable with the pureness of hope. And Absolutely. Go ahead and tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, and most importantly, book you. Oh, thank you. Okay. So if you look up faith mystic and any and all social media measures and mediums you will find me um that's everywhere <laughs> on tiktok on facebook on um what is the other one the x right yeah it's i, I call it twitter still look okay, it's twitter tell for the notice six <laughs> Um, <laughs> and then also there's SoundCloud. I have, if you look into Spotify, Amazon, other places, you just look up my name. 
you'll be able to find different records and albums that I have with multiple collaborations. I'm a global recording artist, so if you look up my name, you'll find a lot of platforms that have my music and my collaborations on, or you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook where I post a lot at, as well as TikTok. I do post there as well as um, my LinkedIn is pretty interesting. It'd be nice to collaborate if you want to collaborate with me there. And I do have Agape Care Wellness that is for the Global Relief Project that I've created. And I have over 500,000 acres of land that we are looking for funding to build on right now or volunteers to help us build their The Earth in Hand container locations, which are weatherproof that we're working on. And um, if you're interested to know where these locations are and where you could be helping at, we also have to do a background check to make sure that everyone's okay to go there. So make sure that you have a clean record. Thank you. Um, also, WeSustainAll.org is for the hospitals and the locations that we are functioning with the volunteer programs to offer the products that I create with Heaven's Cures to those without shelter, those in hospitals who seek holistic wellness options. I'm working on growing gardens in those areas with what grows there naturally so that we don't have to outsource. We can insulate for them and teach them what grows there naturally. I'm faith slash, no, faith-mystic.org calm is my website for my music page um heavenscures.org is my company to look at my products that i've created as well and um, hope for maui is a huge one that's h-o-p-e number four maui.org that we're raising funds to get housing to those who are in Mahina and help create structures that are sustainable that can be also transported if needed be um, also, HHH, Hungry Hawaiians, um, it's amazing what they're doing there with the food. If you'd like to look that up on Hope for Maui, you can find that. Um, what else do I have? You know, I have a lot. I have a lot of music online. I have a band camp. I have a Reverb Nation. Um, if you just look up my name, Faith Mystic or Heaven's Cures, you'll see a lot. I have YouTube as well. So come, come search and find what you're meant to see because whatever you find was meant for you to see. Awesome sauce. Thank you so much for coming on. It's such a pleasure working with you. You're such a beautiful spirit and it just makes my heart smile every time I hear you sing mm -hmm. and you have this amazing energy. You're beautiful too. And I love your soul too and your, and your being. I'm thankful for you also. Thank you to Naya for having me on. The deniers are radio. Thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you too. Thank you. Aloha.